non-apologizers. Not sure I want to give a name to my listeners just yet, but anyways, I'm your host, Nikki, and this is Still Won't Apologize, a place where we can have unfiltered conversations about everyday life. I want to take the time and say thank you for downloading this episode and continuing to listen. Join me every other week as I sit down with guests or myself, uh, discuss different paths that life has taken, maybe share some expertise information, or maybe just have conversations about random stuff. Who really knows? Anyways, I promise you that you will either laugh, cry, or quite possibly give you something to carry with you as you navigate life. As always, here's a reminder that you do not need to apologize for being yourself, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, it's Nikki and welcome to Still Won't Apologize. I am sitting down today with Jenny Potter, a best-selling author of a book called Self-Sabotage No More. Uh, Jenny, do you want to take over and uh, introduce yourself to my audience? For sure. Hey, thank you so much, Nicole, for having me on here. I'm so- I just love what you're doing and how you're showing up and uh, just excited to be on here sharing uh, with others uh, how to stop (laughs) self-sabotaging. This is like my obsession. My obsession (laughs) is uh, uh, my background's in counseling. Uh, I did, I was a leader in network marketing. And what I kept finding was that People kept getting in their own way, including me. I was the biggest sabotager of them all. Uh, Don't have time for that story, but uh, I did a lot of things that uh, really, I really got in my own way very obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's the less obvious stuff that I love helping people with. This is people who are wanting a change, wanting to change their lives, wanting to shine their light, wanting to show up like their best selves. And yet every single day they don't. And so they're like, Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. It actually makes me emotional just sharing this because there's so it's like an epidemic. There's so many people who, you know, just want to release that weight or just want to start their business or just want to, um, have a change or live adventure or find the love of their life. And yet every day there's, they're just stuck in this monotony of schedule and bad habits. And so um, I've been working really hard on discovering the simplest doors to Mm -hmm. help people the most effectively and efficiently. I always say there's many doors to the same house. And so I found a couple tools that are really powerful in helping people get out of their own way, identify what's blocking them, clear it and get out of their own way. Right. I I love it. So some people know like you, so your book was the first book I decided to read for 2023 because I found myself in a position where it was just that, just that, like I had all of these ideas, aspirations, things I want to do. And I'm a very confident, motivated person and can get stuff done, but I was finding excuses as to why I wasn't doing it. And I would do the things I could just do that tomorrow, or maybe I'll do that in a couple months after I get this part, like this done for work or, or, or this done in my house, whatever it may be. And I would find excuses to not do it. So reading your book kind of gave me different tools and tricks. And it's funny because a lot of the things that you talked about in the book are things that I already knew, like they're, they're practices that I already did, but I ignored the fact that I know how to do them. Right. And hearing it at first, I was very much like, Oh, come on. I already know this. Like I already know this, but the problem was I wasn't practicing it. Right. I can preach all I want and tell myself, I understand how to do these things, but until you put it into practice, you're still going to go through that same cycle. So your book kind of helped me in very similar ways of just kind of quitting those little habits of talking myself out of things or telling myself tomorrow. Or um, one of my favorite things I think you mentioned was the autopilot part of it, where you talk about it. And if you want, I'll I'll have, I'll turn it over to you so you can talk about it. But I was very much in autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. And most of us are. And the bizarre thing is, is most of us have been in autopilot since we were like 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, kind of get into this there's a few things that happens it's all like a combination of things 
but there's um, we sort of we decide between the ages of seven to 12 is when we decide what's possible for us how the world works, what's realistic, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so we, we but, and, and some of us are raised uh, with parents that are super like open and understanding and like, and, and share with us wonderful ways to do affirmations and grow. And some of us are raised in households where we're told to get that look off your face, right? Like smile, you never, never look sad, wipe that look off your face. Mm-hmm. And some of us, are programmed by our siblings. Some of us had jealous siblings or siblings that didn't do well when we did well. Some of us, like there's so many variables. So just programming the autopilot, if we only talk about that and no other variables, the autopilot before the age of 12, you decide I'll never be successful. I'm not beautiful. I'm not the kind of person who fits in. I'll never make a lot of money, I'll whatever. You make those decisions really early. And then for the rest of your life, you head to that destination. Mm-hmm. And so I give the example of my dad in the, you know, in the cockpit where things go wrong and he shuts everything down right. and uh, the alarm's going off, pull up, pull up, terrain ahead, terrain ahead. And I give the example in the book of, I tell that story because my dad shutting off everything is kind of what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We kind of need to go, okay, let's hit the reset button. That's who I used to be. That's where I thought I was going, but where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I want to go? And then, and then moving the banking, right. Is what, mm-hmm. is what I call it, but, you know, shifting direction. So you can set a new destination in that autopilot and head somewhere else. Right. And it, it really spoke volumes to me because it was something like I was aware of, but never really, I, I think I didn't have the term for it. Right. Because I was like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what I thought it was supposed to be. This is how I'm working. And then I was like, okay. So then I had to take steps and you go about this in the book as well about like how to identify like these habits that you kind of create for yourself. And I had, I I also picked up like journaling this year because I used to be one of those people that like make fun of it. And I was like, I don't understand it. It's not something for me. So I found like a quick journal that I do. And I used, I think in January in my list of like trying to identify like where those habits were coming from or what I was doing to, you know, keep me in that mindset of not being able to do things or not accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. Can you share uh, some of the, the, skill sets or, or practices that you can do to help identify, you know, those habits that might put you in that position? Yeah, well, a really simple exercise, I don't know if I put this in the book, but Mm -hmm. a really simple exercise is to write out what you don't want. And because most people are programmed that way, if I say to a client, uh, you know, if I'm coaching someone, and I say to them, okay, if we were to wave the magic wand, and we were to say like you can have anything you want and you wake up tomorrow and you're living your dream life what's it like and they go well I wouldn't go to work Uh, okay (laughs) right and I wouldn't be broke and I wouldn't have debt and and they start talking about what they wouldn't have and so I find it's really good I used to avoid this I used to be like no only say what you want don't speak out what you don't want I used to be like like hardcore on that Mm -hmm. with myself as well. Mm -hmm. But I find that the brain actually, we need to speak it out. So where am I going that I don't want to go? Right? What am I doing that I don't want to do? What what is weighing on me? What are the things I don't want? Just get it all out on paper. And then take that piece of paper and write out all of the opposites. It's Mm -hmm. so powerful because it shows you, oh, I want to feel ease with my finances. I want to, um, I want to sleep till I wake, not have an alarm. I want to uh, work for myself or I want to work for a mentor or, you know, whatever. Everyone's got a different dream. I don't want to work. Right. Uh, You know, (laughs) so yeah, I want this many vacations a year. I want to, um, uh, I want to feel healthy, energetic, et cetera. I want to be in a happy marriage, happy relationship, that kind of thing. So uh, basically uh, start with what you don't want. 
brainstorm the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that, uh, turn it into what you do want, and it'll help you get more focused on a new destination. That That's a really good way to start identifying. You mm -hmm. could then do another list like specific to your question. What am I doing that's keeping me in the don't want section, mm -hmm. right? Right. I think it's, it's, a, you're, you hit it on the head there. It's so much easier to talk about what you don't want, especially if you're in a position where you can't see outside of what your surrounding and environment is now. Like that was something I did actually practice. I tried to do on my own because I, I actually, um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I did RTT therapy. And one of the things that the therapist had asked me is if I were to wave a magic wand, how would you want your life to look like? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't want it to be how it is now. <laughs> so that was a very powerful exercise that I did as well. Um, and I also think a lot of the those types of things are, are we find ourselves in the situations of these don't wants also gives us into at least this was for me and I kind of had to like scale it down a little bit was the overthinking of it like I why don't I want these things am I doing maybe I do want these things but I'm just doing it wrong or I'm not in the right sector of it right like I love to work I I love to work do I love I love my job but would I want more flexibility, ease of money, as you mentioned, but still do the same thing? How can I get to that point? So it's very much this idea of being stuck and overthinking of why I was stuck rather than looking at it of, okay, what changes can I make to continue to do the things that I love, but not overthink why I'm doing it. It was, I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's kind of where my brain it got makes stuck. Sense. <laughs> you actually made a really good point because sometimes we like what we're doing, but things are just off. So like what you said is so perfect. Like I just want more flexibility mm -hmm. or, you know, if I was, if I love my job, but if I were to tweak it, I'd only work three days instead of five. Right. And I'd make twice the amount of money mm -hmm. and I'd get more time off. And, you know, so like just kind of like brainstorming, well, what would be dreamy? And so um, people get stuck in dreamy. Like people are like, that's not realistic. So mm -hmm. you have to do the, okay, it's three years from now. And I wave my magic wand and everything went right. And you did all of the good things what's happening now when you wake up in the morning and because mm -hmm. some people can't do magic wand almost at all but some people can't do it especially for the next day like well that's just not possible mm -hmm. and so if you can just like put it out a few years but I love what you said because lots of people are like well I'm happy then you're like what would make you really happy like you right. love your house on the street but would you love to be at a lake house you know, mm -hmm. would you like to work from home instead of commuting to work? Would you mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know, a few hundred thousand in savings? Like what would, what would be dreamy? Right. And, uh, and then go from, it helps to, you to go from there. Right. And I that can definitely kind of relate to that, not knowing what you want. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, probably 15 years ago, I did a dream board and I, I was stumped from the first, like I had never, ever so ask myself mm -hmm. what I wanted for me. I knew what everyone else wanted for me, right. but I didn't know what I wanted for me. And that was it, an incredible experience. Yeah. It's funny they bring up dream boards. Cause I've, I've been invited in the past to like, go to like dream board, vision board parties. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and do this because I, the thing for me is I do have dreams. I do have aspirations. I do have visions. And for me to put it on a board in my mindset is it can go two ways. I can get really upset that I don't have them already because I've had the dreams for so long or B it's going to be a constant reminder that I'm not moving quick enough to those goals. Like I, I like my pace. I like what I'm doing, but again, it's that, it's that stuck feeling. You actually said it perfectly. I love everything about it, about my life. I, I, I'm obviously there's work here and there that could, could change, but I, I feel off. Something's not connecting the way that I thought it would be. I thought I, you know, I move into my, my new position at work and everything would be same, but part of me also kind of feels the same way I did when I transferred over. And then right now I'm in that position of going, why? Okay. You got what you wanted. Cause it's what I wanted, but I still don't feel that like cleanse or that restart or reset feeling. So I'm kind of in that part of this, like self-sabotage curing myself journey of, okay, well, why am I there? So it's the identifying, but like, how do I reset? How do you get 
to a point where your clients, or even in the book, you talked about it a little bit about resetting. Um, how, how, how would you start that? Well, first I would check and see if you had any unprocessed emotions. I'm sure there um, is. <laughs> so most of us do. Most yeah. adults have, I call it a UPE score, but mm -hmm. uh, most of us have a UPE score of around 250. Uh, mine's zero now, but it was 496 when I started. Oh, wow. And uh, a little bit higher than normal. I'm very much uh, feel other people's emotions, but I'm also a little bit what I call spongy. So okay. I pick up on other people's emotions and like, I'll take them on and then they feel better and then I feel heavier. Right. And so, right. Uh, so I've learned how to process emotions, but most of us are not taught. So from, and this was uh, a missing link for me that I discovered, I was like, whoa, of course, as a counselor, I understand what emotions are, mm -hmm. but I didn't really, really know what emotions are. Like emotions are tangible. We think mm -hmm. of them as this thing, but you know, the sort of non-tangible like feelings, right? There's not, there's no, it's not concrete. It's, it's like a song. So you can't see the song, but you know, it's real. Mm -hmm. You can't see sad but you can see sad in someone. Like if someone is sad, you can see that they're sad. Well, why, why can you see that they're sad? Right. So if we, if we rewind to the thing that made them sad, let's say something sad happened. I don't know why I picked sad, but we're going to go. <laughs> so something sad happened and it made them like instantly they felt sad. Okay. They heard about something that was sad. Their, it, their kidney or um, it's not guaranteed as your kidney. One of your organs pulses. It pulses the vibration that your body knows as sadness. Your body then experiences the vibration of sadness. And then you can, A, oh, I'm sad and cry. B, go, oof, not acceptable right now. I'm at work. I'm having a conversation. I'm X, Y, Z. I can't cry. Or so many people are taught to not cry, like crying is weak or, or yeah. whatever. I meet lots of people that are very proud that they don't cry. After I, I'm, I'm one of those people that do not cry or face, you know, terrible situations in a way that I need to process the emotions. I very much bury. Um, right. Yeah. So when we marry, we create, it's kind of like you're stacking sad songs or anxious songs or mad songs. For me, it was angry songs. Like hmm. at a very young age, I decided like I saw, you know, I, I saw um, unpredictable kind of like outbursts and mm -hmm. I made a decision. I'm never going to make people feel that way. I will never get angry. I decided very young age. I will never get angry. And so every time something happened that should have made me mad, it did make me mad, but I just pushed it down mm -hmm. and I didn't admit it. Even to myself, I would be like, I never get mad. I bragged about never getting mad. Like people <laughs> right. brag about not crying. And then, so I just kept pushing it down, pushing it down. But really all that was happening was this like massive rage, like storage area right, in my right. stomach. <laughs> oh, lying anger. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I was like, so happy on the outside, but I had this deep upset on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when we don't cry or we don't express our feelings, whatever that feeling is in the moment. And there's other reasons why we don't process, but this is a key reason, um, is that it gets stuck. So it's as if you're trapping that vibration, that very tangible vibration, you, you don't allow it to rise up and out. So joy rises up and out. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, that's an acceptable emotion, right? Everybody wants you to be joyful and it's happy. It's acceptable and we like it. We don't mm -hmm. resist it. If you mm -hmm. get sad, you resist it. If you get mad, you resist it. Like if you get anxious, you resist it. And so if you don't like that feeling and you resist it, you hang on to it. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's as if you have all of these little sad songs, angry songs, anxious songs playing in the background. Well, that gets noisy. Mm -hmm. If you're an average adult, you've got 250 songs playing right now. And so the next thing that happens is they're like low lying. That's noisy. It's a little, you've gotten used to it. Like you get used to the sound of a fan, right? right. You get used to it, but you know, when someone turns off a fan and you're like, oh, 
Oh my gosh. Thank you. You didn't even realize it was bothering you. Okay. Right. So it's a little bit like that when you start releasing emotions mm -hmm. is everything feels lighter, quieter. You can focus better. You have more clarity, uh, things like that. So, uh, in my book, I share like just simple ways to identify and release those unprocessed emotions mm -hmm. and, uh, and discover your youp score and, you know, um, kind of get more, uh, get more quiet so that you can get more clear, ideally on your purpose, on your gifts, on your mm -hmm. life mission, on your happiness. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we rank advance or get a job promotion, um, it might light up something in us, uh, that is, triggered by moving up and mm -hmm. or you know there's this expectation that things will be a certain way but they're never that way so you're always reaching always reaching always reaching mm -hmm. but um yeah if you can clear your unprocessed emotions it will make everything feel more neutral so less triggered mm -hmm. uh and um, more flowy Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you ever feel or, or worked with clients? I mean, you kind of just said it, we don't hear it, but like, I, I like to call it a, like an avoidance uh, characteristic of mine. Like I can easily avoid the things that are happening like subconsciously. Like I know that they're there, <laughs> like I am aware, but I'll just avoid, avoid. And then, like you said, I'll keep reaching, thinking that something's going to help with whatever I'm avoiding and you never really get to a position, at least I believe you never get to a position, like you said, without facing whatever it is may be. So when it comes to unprocessed emotions, what are some of the things that you would suggest? Obviously therapy is a big one. Um, but are there like journaling entries or is there yoga is there breath work? Is there, you know, what other types of things have you suggested to clients to do to help with identifying and releasing those emotions. Yeah. So, uh, there is like very specific steps to do it in the book. I, there's a, uh, something I coined the alarm method, which I can walk you through. I'm, I'm happy to it's, do it's that. A, it's actually on my notes and that's where I was going to lead to next. So this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because I used to do talk therapy, right? Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not saying don't go to your therapist. I'm not saying don't go to therapy. But if you want to release emotions, talking about it doesn't necessarily release it. And mm -hmm. this is what I love so much about this is because most counselors or therapists will walk you through the trauma, the event, how you felt, what's going on now, what happened in the past, all the things that happened because of that event. And with this method, it's more like, ooh, crossed, uh, like unprocessed, let's say shock, okay, unprocessed shock. And so we identify it and we clear it. And we literally clear it with just a physical movement uh, the physical movement in case like, you know, if you're just listening to this, the physical movement is shoulder to wrist, shoulder to wrist, shoulder to wrist on either arm with the intention of clearing shock, clearing shock, clearing shock. Um, if you feel anxious all the time, if you feel guilty all the time, if you feel angry all the time, if you're irritable all the time, uh, you can literally do this movement uh, and clear out emotions with intention. Okay. And so in my alarm method, uh, and I can walk you through that now, if that's, yeah, let's yeah, do it. That's it. Okay. So the alarm method, the acronym is alarm, uh, to keep it simple. So a is awareness. So awareness is the first piece. And you even touched on this when you're like, well, my subconscious is kind of avoiding, like, it's not even like you're consciously avoiding. It's like your subconscious is so clever. It literally wants you to bank left when you're trying to bank. Right. Oh, absolutely. And so in, <laughs> Yeah. So instead of like you go to bank, right. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm doing the laundry. I thought I was going to reach out to three people or whatever. <laughs> and so, you know, um, so then you go back to do it again. And again, you bank left instead of right. And it's like this autocorrect going on with the autopilot. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the first piece is awareness. So you have to be aware you're feeling something. 
And if you're not someone who's good at being aware of your feelings, now some people are super aware all the time. Like I'm angry, I'm sad. (laughs) And that's another story. And I do briefly (laughs) touch on this in my book, but just as a side note, start saying body is angry or body is sad instead of I, Mm -hmm. because it's something that we do that's so bizarre is we do this, um, we identify with emotions. So Mm -hmm. if we have a stomach ache, we don't say I'm stomach ache. But if we're angry, we say I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And so start saying I'm feeling anger, or I like to say body is angry. Cause then it's this, is one, of my, this is one of my favorite things about the book. I like laugh so hard. I was like, body is angry. Tommy is upset. Body <laughs> is angry. Because then you're aware, like, yes, I have anger, but it's not, it's not me. It's not mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. And so anyhow, go back to awareness. So the A in alarm is awareness. So awareness, I'm irritated. Okay, I'm irritated. I'm cleaning the kitchen or I'm trying to make dinner. Kids underfoot, puppies underfoot, you know, hubby comes home, whatever is a lot going on. You make up your own scene. It's not hard to imagine irritation. And so you feel irritated. And then you're like, I'm here. I I am feeling irritation. Okay. So you have that moment where you recognize. And so now the next step is the L in alarm and that's location. So locate, where are you feeling the feeling? This is actually key. If you've never thought about this before, for some people, this is hard, but most people get this right off the bat, like in my chest. And if I say, like, if I asked you, where do you feel anxiety? Where would you say you always in the chest? in the chest right Mm -hmm. where someone else might say in my tummy Mm -hmm. and someone else might say in my knees or in my head and so there's no right or wrong answer but for you to be aware where am I feeling that feeling because the next step further along we're going to we're going to go to that location and relax that area so awareness location once you have the location the next a in the method is ask the question when have I felt this before? So this, this question is key for looking at old unprocessed emotions. Mm -hmm. So you may not get an answer, you might get nothing like nada. You might also have like a very obvious memory pop up, in which case, awesome, you got your thing and you can, you can, we'll, we'll work on clearing it in a minute. But you might have something that's like, random, like when you were in high school and you tried out for the soccer team or when you were in high school and you, you're, the teacher yelled at you um, and it was embarrassing, but you thought you were over it or it seems like a small, stupid thing, but it pops up. I just encourage you do not dismiss that memory because that was the moment mm-hmm. that the original irritation or sadness or anxiety got stuck. And that's where we want. That's what we want to clear. Because when we clear the old emotions, mm-hmm. we stop getting triggered when stuff happens. Right. And it's, I love how you just said, don't ignore that because I'm very much like, this is so dumb. This should not be bothering me because I do try to do those things. I have awareness yeah. I'll do it, and I'll go like me. Stress is always in my belly. It's always in my stomach. It's always like I get nauseated tummy aches, whatever. I'm like, I'm stressed. It's immediately where it's going. And anytime that I have like a random thought or a random memory come up, I'm very much like, this is so dumb. Like this is so dumb. (laughs) So So next time you have a random memory come up, notice it and ask yourself, how does this memory make me feel? Mm -hmm. And where am I feeling it? I will definitely. Once you know where you're feeling it, then we can release it. And then you're releasing old triggers, right? Because this mm-hmm. is why, this is why when you go to a family dinner and like your mom says something and you get like upset, like really like far on the, you know, mm-hmm. you get over upset quick and fast and loud mm-hmm. and like your friends at dinner with you and your friends, like, why are you so upset? Like your mom's funny. Yeah. This is, that's what the trigger is is like your old unprocessed emotions from the time that when you were five and your mom didn't listen to you or something Mm -hmm. is there like pulsing and it gets triggered when, you know, 30 years later, some little conversation, some little comment. Mm -hmm. So that's why we want to clear these unprocessed emotions is because it just helps us be more observer and see reality in a new way. It it does help reset that autopilot. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And clear some of the sabotage too. So uh, back to the method. So A is for awareness. L is for location. A is ask the question. If you don't get something that pops up, don't worry about it. Just go to the next uh, phase in the method. And so the next part is to reset, relax, and release. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're just going to breathe in through our nose, out through our mouth. And you can do that a few times that in through your nose and out through your mouth. I mean, that alone will reset your fight or flight. It does a whole bunch of things. You can mm-hmm. do it five to 10 times. Uh, I just like it. It's very calming. Mm-hmm. And there are like scientific, you know, articles out there on why right. it works, but I'll just tell you it works. And so, uh, so you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and then relax the area where you're feeling the emotion. So you said uh, here, so just relax that area, like physically relax that area in Mm -hmm. your body. Just like we tense up with a headache. If you actually relaxed with your headache, you wouldn't have as much of a headache. Same Mm -hmm. with any kind of pain. When we relax, we have less pain. So same with the emotions. We want to just relax that physical area of our body. And then we're going to do the unpacking method, which I already shared, which is shoulder to wrist. I clear that irritation, I clear that irritation, I clear the irritation. And so you do that with intention. It should feel quite markedly different. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can even rate it like, you know, okay, it's like a nine out of 10 and then do the clearing and then notice, okay, it's like a three out of 10 now. And then you can clear again. Um, And that will help you with emotions in the moment. And that Mm -hmm. will also help you with emotions um, from the past. And then once you've uh, once you've cleared that, then you can go to the last step, which is the M in alarm. And that is a mantra. And so stepping into something different. So I say this is packing in with the same movement. So -hmm. if you do affirmations, this is like a hack. But you can actually like with intention, like fill your space uh, with you're, let's just say I am abundant or I am calm. You know, we were using irritated. So I am calm. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. So it's the exact same movement as the unpacking, just like you would pack or unpack a suitcase, mm-hmm. similar movement. One is with the intention to clear. The other is with the intention to bring in, to pack in. So we're packing in calm. We're packing in peace and we're affirming that three times. So yeah. one of the things that I've like taught myself over the years, because again, like I mentioned, my stomach is, is my stress thing. I literally do breathe. And this is before your book. It was just something I taught myself. Like I do my breathing and then I tell myself I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I'll do it over and over again until I finally feel that I'm okay. Because I used to have really bad stomach issues when I was younger and I didn't know how to control them. And that was the only thing I would tell myself, you're okay. You are okay. You're okay. Like I would do it over and over again. Yeah. So, and oftentimes stomach issues, back issues. I had migraines for 10 years, every cycle for 10 years. And they would take me out from three to three to five days every month, no Mm -hmm. matter what. And um, when I started doing this releasing of emotions, I released nine unprocessed emotions connected to my migraines. And I have never had one since. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's so trippy to, I I'm, I'm like moving into the space of a bunch of different women that I've talked to over the last like year and, you know, even different experts like yourself who do breath work or therapy or yoga or whatever it is, this idea of unprocessed emotions showing up as, and I, I don't, I hate to use the word ailment, but it is kind of an ailment that there's so much more than just being sick, right? Because we, we automatically go to, okay, there's something wrong with me. I need to go to a doctor. I need to be on medicine. I need to do this. But in reality, it could just be, like you said, these unprocessed emotions that are making us, I I joke around with the fact that the universe or your body is telling you that you aren't doing something, which is why it's displaying this pain. Like that's, I learned to understand that part of it. So when I find myself or if I have a friend or a relative that's going through something, I always go, just listen. I always say, listen to your body. Like it's going to tell you that something's wrong. Just don't ignore anything. 
Like don't ignore if it's in your hand, but you also have leg pain, there's probably something that's working to make it come up together. It's just our body will display our emotions in a, in different variations, but it's usually to try to catch your attention that you're not dealing with something. Um, I just had this recently happen with my sister-in-law where she was dealing with a lot of anxiety and we kept talking about like, what are you feeling? Why are you feeling these things? And she was able to kind of get herself through it, but it's, you kind of get stuck in that, right? It's so hard to take that time to listen, to try like you said, to release or tell yourself you're okay. Like even for me, my own practice with what I dealt with when I was younger with all my health issues, it took me a long time to get to that point. Like I started getting health issues when I was in 12, 12, 13 years old. And it wasn't until like my thirties that I was able to tell myself, okay, or I was telling myself to breathe. Um, but those are things that we weren't necessarily taught, right? You were taught to go to the doctor. I went to so many doctors to try to figure out what was wrong with me and never had like an actual solution for it. So it just, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, yeah, the unprocessed emotions is an energy, the limiting beliefs are an energy of the, of their own. So Mm -hmm. if you imagine, if you imagine we're all made up of energy and if you imagine that, um, we have like a, a vibration. So just like, just like music, again, you hear a sad song, and it makes you feel sad, you listen to a joyful, like, don't worry, be happy, and it makes you feel happy. And by the way, if that song irritates you, it's because you don't match the vibration of the song, right? You're like, <laughs> lower. you're like, right? it's like, because vibrationally, we want to the, the music you listen to is an incredible indicator of what vibration you are at because we're all vibrating. And so if we're all vibrating and and like attracts like, so even I could go speak in the mirror before when I had my 500 unprocessed emotions, I could go speak in the mirror and say, I'm powerful, I'm beautiful, I'm abundant, I didn't get new customers every day or whatever it was. And I, it's kind of like, if I were a radio station and you were listening to me, you would hear <laughs> like you hear like rat, like kind of like a weird sound, right? Mm-hmm. Like slightly different vibration. But if we just tweak the dial so and release all the static, all the noise, then you hear me clearly. I'm powerful, I'm beautiful, I'm abundant, right? And then it's a just a completely different and it's just a tweak. But it's like we're carrying around all of these anchors. I always say it's almost as if even if you're super successful, but you're just feeling like, man, everything's so hard. Like it's hard. I say I I use the term heavy. Everything feels heavy. Like when I'm in it, everything feels heavy. heavy. Yep, It is heavy. And so Mm -hmm. I equate it to walking. So even if you are like, you know, headed towards your dreams and your goals it's as if you're walking chest deep in water with weights around your ankles and you're trying to run well you can still move forward but it's harder I move forward but it was harder right <laughs> like and after I yep. released all the emotions mm-hmm. I released the emotions I wrote two books after like literally for my whole life affirming I was an author mm-hmm. I wrote two books I created a course my coaching practice is full like full there's a waiting list at all times Mm -hmm. like just within like two months of releasing my emotions everything just started happening because there was no heaviness Mm -hmm. in the way anymore I would make a decision oh I want to create a course I just create it Mm -hmm. there was none of that sabotage stuff like who am I to create a course and how would I sell it and what if it's not good enough and all of that like all of that was just gone so I feel like with the motion piece, it's most people have mud on their lanterns. If everyone's a lantern, most people have mud on their lanterns. And this, this mud, this, these unprocessed emotions is a big part of the mud. Like Mm -hmm. once you clear that, you can go, Oh, I can shine and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, start discovering and discovering your gifts. Yeah. So a lot of the things that you're explaining, I'm like, I feel this, but the problem that I have, because I, again, I have my self-awareness 
if it could pay me, I'd be a millionaire because I'm so aware of all the things that are going on. I actually have a shift where like, I'll wake up one day and everything works out in my favor. Everything's going as I planned. I'm in it. I'm happy. Nothing's wrong. And then I'll have two, three days of that. And I call them like my creative storms where I don't have that limiting beliefs, like enter into my body or my brain. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. just a shift in my energy will change. And I'm always like, well, what's different than today? Like, or yesterday, what's different today? What's why was I okay with it yesterday? And I started noticing this shift and I, I actually am thinking it has something to do with my cycle, but I haven't gotten that deep into it yet. But it's so weird to me how, and, and I had this conversation with my sister because I was talking over how I was self-sabotaging. I wasn't, I had a lot of self-trust issues. I wasn't trusting myself. And she literally says to me, I don't see you as that person. And I go, mm. I know I don't either, but it's happening because I have these days where I'm super high. I'm super productive. I'm doing everything I want. And then there's days where I'm like, I just don't want to deal with it today. Like, I don't want to do any of this today. So it's so not, I'm sure we could talk about this for however long, but that shift in energy, could that also be a part of, or have you seen that before with people with clients? Well, I mean, your cycle will have something to do with it because Mm -hmm. You know, there's hormones releasing good feeling chemicals and bad feeling chemicals and all kinds of stuff. Um, certainly people will feel lighter and more energetic uh, after so most people eat food that they don't connect the dots with. So they'll eat like they'll have pizza and the next day they don't really feel motivated to do anything. And maybe they just have like, a you know, lactose intolerance or a gluten allergy that's mild, but it just slows them down. So all day their body's trying to digest And so, uh, as you get clear of the unprocessed emotions then you get more clear on, Oh, this isn't really serving me or I Mm -hmm. never feel good after this. You just get more clarity around what, what stops you. And then you also, ideally you just don't want to do that thing anymore, but that's That's, a whole other thing. I think it is. It's like when I have those bad days, it's like, this is my like body and brain telling me like, you need to just not do this. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, there are, you know, I feel like there's a couple, there's a whole conversation around the body because the body actually has its own bo- autopilot. Mm-hmm. But if we're just talking about limiting beliefs, like I'm not worthy, um, I never belong. I never win that kind of stuff and emotions. You can pretty clearly and easily, um, it's systematic. Like, you know, if, if you do your, if you read the book and you do your youp score or whatever, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have 300 unprocessed emotions. I, like, know, I wish I should have pulled care. it out before this. Yeah. So I could have given you my oh. score. <laughs> I can tell you, well, I can tell you your score. I mean, it takes two seconds for me to just connect and check if you want your score. Uh, I think I do. (laughs) Okay, let's do your score. Okay, so just uh, grateful for this connection and this time and this uh, example uh, that we're sharing with everyone of your unprocessed emotion score. And so... You have around 115 unprocessed emotions, which is actually a uh, pretty low. Yeah. So, I think when I did, when I read your book, I was in the two hundreds. Yeah. So, I mean, it's working. Yeah. So it's lighter. Um, anyway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's cool as we release uh, one simple trick to release if you don't know how to muscle test or the alarm method is slow going, but it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get to the part about muscle testing and you decide, you know, whatever, um, I won't, I won't get it. It's too much to explain. It's a lot. The Read the book, testing. guys. Read the book. <laughs> but it really is simple. Muscle testing is very simple and it's literally just your body leaning towards or leaning away from truth. Mm-hmm. And even I could give you a piece of paper 
and have you hold it with like a word on on one side, but you can't see the word like you're holding the blank side of paper. And if that word said hate, your body would fall back, even though you didn't know what it said. And if I wrote love on it, you would fall forward because our bodies are just designed like that way. Like ener everything has an energy. Every word has an energy. And so if you're holding, you know, an envelope that had poison in it or had vitamins in it that your body needed, like you're going to fall back or, or fall forward. And so we use muscle testing to identify, do I have any unprocessed anxiety? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I clear it? No. Okay. Like, uh, and you can just ask more questions, right? Yes mm -hmm. or no questions. And then get to the bottom and clear using that unpacking movement. So yeah. super simple. And, uh, and, and just, yeah. Yeah. Worth asking the time. questions. Me three yeah. months. Yeah. Three months. Three months to clear everything. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. And I think that's, oh, I was I think like, that's a huge, a huge part of this as well. Like, like I said, I knew all the things that we, you know, I read in your book and it was more of that practicing standpoint. And I think it's, I, I know for me, and I can't speak for everybody, the way that my brain works, I'm, like I said, I'm aware, but like actually putting things into practice and actually doing them, that's where I get stuck. Because I know that if, if you I move, what was that? If you clear the rest of those emotions, mm -hmm. you wouldn't, any, that's the piece. Like that's what's right. blocking you. Right. And that's like, I hear you. Most of us like are like, I don't know about you, but I'm like a training junkie. Like I've read every book I've done all, like all the training, but I didn't apply half of it. Right. I didn't apply 80% of it. So mm -hmm. I would watch it, learn the thing and not do it. I would hear about a journaling exercise and not do it. Right. I heard about visualization and I share this in the book, but like I must have read about visualization from the age of 20. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't even know how old I am. I think I'm 47. <laughs> I could be 48. <laughs> I have been like, I've been doing this stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I had read about visualization, read about visualization, read about visual, and I never did it. Mm -hmm. And then I learned the reason why it works and I started doing it and I just started manifesting a lot faster. I just started visualizing myself, uh, you know, happy, waking up happy, like mm -hmm. joyful, like all of the things that I wanted being an author, all of those things I started visualizing and they started moving because when you visualize, you experience the feeling, right? And when you experience the feeling, you release that vibration. And when mm -hmm. you release that vibration, you attract more of that vibration to you. Well, it's been about three months since I finished your book. So hopefully I will continue doing the things that I'm doing, but it, yeah, that it's that stuck feeling. It's, it's, I'm learning or I've, I am still learning about it, but I am talking. So it's almost like I'm sabotaging the sabotage. Like I'm talking as soon as I get it, I'm like, no, mm -mm, we ain't doing that today. <laughs> like, not today. Yeah. I always think of that. Like, so uh, let's like, talk about that. Oh, let's do. I it. love. You. Let's talk about it, Nicole, yeah. because seriously, this is so exciting. Like, this is <laughs> exciting. Okay, so most people feel that way. You've just identified something that's so common. Like, that's why I want to jump in because it's like, and people don't really want to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you brought it up because it's like, you know, the thing, but you don't do the thing. This thing will help me. I'm not going to do that thing. Right. And like, you know, so um, what if there was just one unprocessed emotion that we could clear that is, you know, in your, in your way right now? Or what if you have a belief, like when you decide to do that thing, you're like, oh, but if I'm better, I'll have to shine brighter. If I'm better, I'll have to work more. If I if I do that thing, I might have to show up differently. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. I was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, next goal, 100,000 books sold. Like that's my goal, right? I yeah. could have picked a million, but 100,000 was like palatable. I could like visualize that. And I was like, I wonder if I have any resistance to that goal. And so I pictured, I imagined my publisher calling me, Jenny, 100,000 books sold. And instantly I felt sick in my stomach. And I was like, mm -hmm. what is that? What's that feeling? And so when I dissected it, it was like, 
you're going to have to, this is ironic because I'm on an interview right now, but you're going to have to be <laughs> interviewed more. You're going to have to show up Facebook live more. Um, you're going to be too booked to see your family. You're going to have to travel more. Like all of these beliefs can't just started popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit of a hermit. <laughs> I, I have to always be stepping out of my comfort zone to like, you know, include, be around people and share mm-hmm. and grow. Cause I love just being in my little zone. Mm-hmm. And so that's what came up for me. And so your subconscious has made a decision, Nicole, that when you grow, something negative happens. Mm-hmm. So And it's not your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is like, why the heck am I not doing this thing? Like, I need this thing. I love (laughs) this thing. I want this thing, right? But the subconscious is like terrain ahead, terrain ahead, pull up, pull up, Mm -hmm. because you've just decided you want to go to success city. You've just decided that you want to land in a different destination. And subconscious does not want you Mm -mm. to go to a different destination. That's more energy expended. That's not what we talked about when we were 12. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, so uh, it would be cool to explore that with you further, but. Oh, I would, um, I would be down by for the way, Yeah. It doesn't, just by the way, it doesn't have to take three months. Mm-hmm. I had 500 unprocessed emotions and I had no roadmap. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, mm-hmm. now I would say the average client that I work with, it's about six weeks. For most people, some people do two sets of six weeks, mm-hmm. but most people are pretty clear of unprocessed emotions within mm-hmm. a, within a six week period. So it's a commitment like every mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Every week, just like releasing. And then a little trick is when you go to sleep, you can tell your subconscious to release any unprocessed emotions because your conscious mind sleeps, but your subconscious is awake all the time the subconscious is what hears the loud noise in the night the subconscious is dreaming and so you can give your subconscious chores and uh and it will it will complete them so when you I'm go to bed at night that. yep i'm gonna do that too yeah i'm gonna see how i feel tomorrow I'll, and I'll, mess- night, like, I'll message you <laughs> yeah message me for sure but you can just clear while you sleep and then i've seen people drop unprocessed emotions like 20 30 40 50 at a time while they sleep so that it's that can speed up the process yeah and I think it's funny for me is I've never had these types like what I said like my sister said she doesn't think of me as this way I've never yeah had these issues before and I think it started happening recently I I, I understand why it's happening recently and we don't have to get into that because I've talked about a hundred times on this show my my poor audience has heard it a million times but I did have you know medical things that kind of led me into this place where that I wasn't processing and I know for a fact because everybody around me told me I wasn't processing so I know that it's there and I know I have to work through it but I will try that tonight because I want to see if there's, there's a change in it because this morning was an exact, was the exact same thing. Like I woke up and I was like, I just not feeling it tonight. (laughs) It's like, just not feeling it. But yesterday productive, wanted to do all the stuff around the house. Like we built stuff for our, we have like a bar room or whatever, but like I was able and in it. And today I was like, man, I don't feel like doing it. So I will, I'll, I'll see how that goes tonight. I'll practice that. Yeah. And if you want, you can reach out. Uh, we can just check. Is there, so, so this is another tip. <laughs> is there an unprocessed emotion around how, uh, when I don't want to do something, is there an unprocessed emotion around that? Or uh, when I know the thing like journaling is good for me, but I don't do it. Is there an unprocessed emotion around that? Mm-hmm. And so you can just test and we can test because we're still connected. We can just see, is there an unprocessed? Do you want to know if there is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So is there an unprocessed emotion? And there is. So the biggest, the loudest emotion is lack of control. That that comes up, lack of control. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to clear that for you right now. Oh, please do. Um, just because I <laughs> So we're just going to clear that lack of control. We don't even need to know where it came from. Sometimes we'll find out like age or, or other details, but we don't need to know where that came from. We're just going to clear it. So we cleared it. And then the next one that's loud and right behind it is failure. 
And mm-hmm. so failure is probably, you probably tried to do something in the past in your teens. This is around age 15. You attempted something and it just didn't work out. So this is like examples I gave before, like trying out for a team, running for student council, mm-hmm. like even just doing a really good job on like homework and your teacher being like, you know, I can't believe you handed this in or something like random. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so this is like, every time you think about doing something that will benefit you or make you better, this big trigger of failure pops up and we're going to clear that too. So we're just going to clear that emotion. Beautiful. And so nothing else loud around that. But sometimes it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So if like two weeks from now, every single day, you're just like, oh, I feel like doing everything. Message me. (laughs) I will. I will. (laughs) Because I like it's my favorite thing is people message me and they're like, Jenny, I'm 22 pounds down since I started doing this. Or like, I message like 100 people every day for, you know, their business Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so it's my favorite thing. So definitely tell me. Thank you. Thank you. This, this, uh, this was amazing. I'm so like, I'm so excited. I got to sit down and talk with you, but again, mindful of time, but we're yeah. in a perfect spot because this is a great segue for you to let my audience know how, where they can find you and where to find your book and anything. This is your uh, spotlight. Thank you so much. Yeah. So my book is self-sabotage no more and uh, it's on Amazon. That's where you can, you can get it. And uh, to learn more about me, my my coaching, my courses, my book, uh, everything like that, you can do one of two things. You can go to jennypotter.com and Jenny's with an IE and it's Potter like Harry Potter. So <laughs> jennypotter.com for uh, learning, uh, learning more about me and what I do. And then if you want to join, I have a free Facebook group. And so in there about once a week, I jump in and I'll share on some random topic about (laughs) self-sabotage or how you can grow or heal or, and you can ask questions in there too. And so I've been sharing around my processes. It's a fairly new group, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I just started it kind of out of demand (laughs) because people were asking a lot of questions. I was like, ah, okay, I need to do a group. Mm -hmm. And so I created this group so you can join that. And that's just self-sabotage no more uh, Facebook group. And awesome. yeah, awesome. so that's, that's uh, how you can learn more, find out more. And I just appreciate you so much, Nicole. Oh, like, thank I you. Just how you show up and what you're doing is amazing. Oh, thank you very much. Before I let you go, I have one final question for you. And then, um, we'll be, we'll talk, we'll talk again in a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, what is the one thing that you will not apologize for? You know, it's so cool that you're asking me that I, because I will tell you totally vulnerably and honestly, I, my immediate response to that question is nothing. Like I would apologize for anything. Like I say, sorry, 12 times. <laughs> you got to break that habit. <laughs> I know. I know. But on deeper reflection, there was a time in my life where I had to stop hanging out with my closest friends, like people that knew me, we had traditions together um, that I'd known for a long time, but I knew that they weren't serving me. They were a big part of the sabotage. You know, Mm -hmm. they were, they made my sabotage normal because they were all sabotaging too. Mm -hmm. And not to get into detail, but like there was a lot of drinking and a lot of stuff that just wasn't healthy for me. And it wasn't good for me. And I wasn't able to be around them without being part of all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I started my personal growth journey, like I was already on it, but when I really started to understand that I wanted to be different, I wanted a better life. I wanted to grow and dream and, and just, I'd met my husband and we were on the same frequency Mm -hmm. and I just realized I didn't, I wasn't the same vibration as them anymore. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. fit anymore. It was almost like forcing it. And so I probably didn't do it the best way. I did it kind of extreme where I just stopped showing up and, but it was the only way I was able to. Mm -hmm. And I would say 
that I wouldn't apologize to that. I would apologize if I hurt anyone, mm-hmm. but for myself, I had to do it to change. I had to, I had to start hanging out with different people, people that were dreaming, people that were growing, people that were healing. And um, I had to walk away unapologetically walk away from that place in my life and kind of start new. So that would be, that's my long answer to you. I love it. That's great. Well, again, thank you so much. This, this was fantastic. I'm like fangirling over here because I love the book. So this is, this is so amazing. So thanks again for your time and for everybody else. We'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Thanks. Bye now.